Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as The Dad Author on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I've travelled to London to speak with Louise Pendant. Louise speaks to me about the death of her mum and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Louise on Instagram, Twitter and YouTube as Louise Pendant. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so today I have travelled to Covent Garden in London to meet a very special guest, somebody who I'm sure most of you already know, and it's Louise Pentland. How are you? Hello, thank you for having me. What a lovely intro. I'm sure most people don't, but if they don't, now they do. Well, if they don't, (laughs) would you be happy to share who you are and what you do, please? I would love to, thank you. So my name's Louise Pentland, um, and I run the YouTube channel Louise Pentland as well as all the other social media platforms that tend to go along with that Instagram Twitter and I make videos and online content about motherhood and lifestyle I also write I have written three women's fiction books uh, the wild books following the life of Robin Wilde and non-fiction um, and I have a podcast I do a bit of everything fingers in all You're the pies busy. Mark yeah very busy <laughs> thank you I like to be um Okay, and obviously the reason we're here today is to talk about the fun or not so fun subject of grief. Good old grief. Good old grief. Um, Would you be able to share with our listeners about your own experience with grief, please? Yes. So when I was five, my lovely mum developed or was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then she fought the battle that you fight with all the treatments um, and, you know, biopsies and you know everything that you can throw at cancer but unfortunately it was the early 1990s and medical technology just wasn't what it is now and sadly in 2000 uh, sorry 1992 we lost her so I was seven when mum died and I mean is this a can I swear on this go for it it was just really shit because you just can't hang an air freshener on that kind of thing can you you can say I feel at peace with what happened and um that i've i've accepted it but you you can't make it any less shit than it is no you can't and 1992 was a big year for me also because that was when my dad died so yeah I, I guess going back to that time 1992 there wasn't a lot of resource out there in terms of i remember personally with cruise bereavement charity which essentially they were just counseling you know charity did you find yourself supported during that period like at school or you know outside of school um I don't remember being supported but that doesn't mean I wasn't 
I, I've been told since that I went for counselling. I don't have any memory of this counselling at all. And I've got a freakishly good memory. I can remember my third birthday party. I remember such detail of things, but I don't remember that. So I must have found it so traumatic that I just completely blocked it out. Um, school, I remember the most supportive thing in my school was my dinner ladies. There was a lady called Mrs. Carr who would always hold my hand in the playground to let me walk around with her, which when you're seven, that's like quite a big deal to hold the dinner lady's hand. Yes. Because uh, she's only got <laughs> two of them. So we used to fight over who was holding Mrs. Carr's hand. Um, but no, I don't really remember anything else. It was just mummy's died and that's sad. And now we're... And, and now we're moving on. Mm. We're just going to get on with life. And that's that. So was that time, was it clear or not really? I mean, can you remember her? Yes. So um, she died at the, the least convenient time of year. It was the 20th of December. So I often joke now because I joke about this a lot because I, I have to. I don't know if, if you're the same. but no, you have to. You have you've to. got to. I just call it dead mum bants because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So I joke about the worst week of my life, which was I went to my school disco on the 19th and or the 18th and had so much cherry aid that I got I threw up multiple times. Good old cherry aid. Yeah, good old cherry aid. <laughs> cherry aid and Mars bars. And my dad didn't know what to do because he'd never dealt with me being poorly before. And it was so bad that I had to sleep on towels. Like he laid bath towels on the floor because I'd sicked up everywhere else. And I remember him crying, being like ringing grandma, being like, I don't know what to do. She's just been sick so many times so that's how it started then on the 20th mum died so I was staying at grandma and granddad's house that night and then dad came around she died very early in the morning around six o'clock dad came over to say mummy's gone to heaven to be with the angels the next day we went to the headstone shop I don't know what that's called the I'm not sure either to be honest the, the um, undertakers or one of yeah, those funeral sorts of, arrangers yeah perhaps. that sort of service we had her funeral on the 23rd of December. Then, of course, it's Christmas Eve. And then on the 25th of December, I met the woman who was going to become my stepmom, uh, who was just friends with dad at the time, I'm told. Um, and we just say, like, could you think of a worse week? Also that week, I should hasten to add, I found out Father Christmas wasn't real. So, I That's mean... quite the week. What a week! <laughs> like, it doesn't get worse than that, which, in a way... I look at it as a blessing because now whenever I have a bad week, I think it will never be as bad as 1992 week ever. We'll never have a week that bad. Mum dying, stomach bug, Father Christmas not real, new woman. Times and threes, but that could be a four, I guess. For me, it's that time of year which, you know, always brings back memories of being family together and all of that stuff. And he used to wrap all the prayers. And, you know, and if, there, there, if there's a, day, a date across the year which sticks with me, it's Christmas. And my wife always reminds me of that. But now I've got children and things are a little bit different. I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. And the, I do have some little traditions for the 20th, which is her anniversary. So I don't open Advent calendars on the 20th. I leave that chocolate in there for her. And in the last few years... Now that I have a lovely boyfriend, Liam, we've started celebrating the 20th. So for a long time, for many years, it was my flat day where we'd just blank it out as a, this is going to be a sad day. I'm going to feel sad. And after many years of doing this, I just thought, I don't think I achieve much from this. And being sad doesn't mean I'm honoring her any more or any less. And if I had a happy day, that doesn't make her any more alive or any less dead. 
and it doesn't make me love her any more or any less. In fact, it's nice to have a happy day in her memory. So now we make it mum's happy day. Um, but I really love Christmas. I'm thankful that there's not really a period of my like, time of the year that's my like sad time for her. Her birthday's in April and I do think about her then. Um, but I, I'm thankful not because I know a lot of people like you find that really hard and I can see why because it's the kind of the dad-shaped hole in your life that you feel all the more at that time of year. Are you very good at remembering your mum with your children? Um, so making her relevant in everyday conversations. Um, so for instance, last night my son was struggling to get to sleep and so I said, oh, this is what grandpa used to do with me to get me to sleep. Um, are you good at this sort of stuff with your children? Yes, I do it because it's a pleasure to me to talk about her. Um, and I think that when someone's gone, talking about them is really the number one way to keep them with you. I mean, it's lovely if you've got photos, it's even better if you've got video footage or some of their possessions, but talking about them, I love it. It makes me feel really warm. And I especially love it when other people talk about her as well. Um, so Darcy, my eldest daughter is eight and she understands um, what happened and sometimes I don't want to talk about it with her because she asks such hard questions because children don't have that filter of this might upset you so I try to talk about her as much as possible but I keep it quite small so if we see a beautiful sunset if it's got the pink clouds I'm like oh look there's granny in heaven's clouds or um, granny in heaven liked that uh, just little things like oh did cashew nuts that was granny in heaven's favorite nuts mm. things like that but I tend not to say things like wouldn't it be lovely if she was here because she would love you so much because when I have done that it's led to really difficult conversations that I find too hard my one-year-old obviously she doesn't have these conversations but Darcy can't quite grasp the things she says so for example she'll say why did she die and I'll make that appropriate for her and say she's very poorly um, and they tried to give her some medicine, but it didn't work. And she says, well, why didn't you find the medicine that would work? And things like that. You just think, God. Yeah, children are so pure-minded with things, I think, aren't they? And where they're just like, but why did that? That shouldn't have happened. Like, that's good. That's bad. Th this fixes that. And that doesn't. Why didn't you do those things? You think they don't understand the complexities of death like we do. And I don't want to understand the complexities of death. But sadly, we have to face them. I guess that leads nicely into talking about the work that I'm trying to carry out in schools to help teachers and staff get better at supporting bereaved children. Is there anything that you think we could do better to approach this subject? That's such a good question. And I wish I had thought about this before so I could think of a good answer. Um, I would love death to be talked about more, which sounds so morbid. But um, I think it needs to be because death is a certainty of life. And as much as we would all like to live to like the ripe old age of 100 and, you know, just sort of like die quietly in our sleeps, it doesn't, that doesn't always happen. And a lot of time I think people are afraid to talk about death. So I would like people not to feel afraid. And children aren't until they learn it from other people that will say, you know, well, we've remembered, she's gone to a better place now. And that's the end. Children want to have to talk about it more. Darcy talks about Nanny in Heaven very comfortably. Um, so it'd be nice if we could talk about it more, but I suppose it asks a lot of questions of how, well, how much do you and how much do you cater to that when it's not affecting every child and is it going to cause unnecessary distress in children worrying about what could happen to mummy or daddy? So I don't know what the best answer for that is. I think that after conversations I've had on my previous interviews, that secondary school might be a good time to approach the subject. 
Um, and another thing that I'm trying to do at the moment is also introduce grief guardians into secondary schools. So if you're a younger child and you're going through grief or a difficult time, they can approach and talk to someone who is a peer or someone of their age group. Because I get contacted by lots of schools on social media asking for my advice and I really think that this would help a lot of children in schools when they're going through a difficult time and also give them a safe space to share how they're feeling. I would like people to be talking about grief more as adults and, and just making death an easier conversation because I think grief is so much harder when you can't easily talk about it. Um, a very dear friend of mine very sadly lost a baby um, her son was born sleeping he died um, I think quite late into her pregnancy and I said to her oh I, I never want to talk about an RM because I don't want to upset I don't want to remind you of him I don't want to upset you and she said something that really resonated with me because I felt the same which was she said you can't remind me of him I'm always thinking of him and so to hear other people talking of him makes me happy and I thought that's such a good point and that would be a really good point to get across maybe to teachers and friends of children that it's all right to talk about mummy or daddy who's passed away because you I mean I'm I'm you could never say something to me about my mum and then be like oh my god I totally forgot mum died now I've remembered again to me it's like oh I'm so glad that we're bringing her back into the conversation I'm glad that she's being brought back into my my present right now yeah well that's a really good point because the bereaved want to remember those that are no longer alive don't they because you want to think about the special memories you have of them and how much you love them so yeah when it comes to not talking about them it can feel like you're pushing them away yeah i don't like it being a secret you know when people are like oh don't want to don't want to i don't want to upset you i think you won't upset me grief is upsetting yeah i'm already upset so you are not going to upset me. In terms of your experience, and your mum died of cancer and you were quite young, did you ever remember grieving before and then after your mum died? Or was it not really talked about back then? Well, interestingly, I did not grieve when I found out because I didn't really fully understand how long-term that was. And even after she died, so she died just before Christmas, I remember asking my dad on Christmas morning, are we going to go and get mum then? Is mum coming to this? And dad had to say again, no, she's not because she's died and that's forever. Um, and then our home life, without going into too much detail, our home life drastically changed very quickly. And someone came into my life that was very abusive for eight years. And so for eight years... I just went into this kind of survival mode where all I could do was face the situation, the turbulent, very violent environment that I was in for eight years. And it wasn't until I was 15 that that came to an end. And suddenly I found myself grieving. And I was like, but mum's been dead for eight years. Why am I... Then I had to go to counselling because all of a sudden I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that this had all happened because I hadn't really I think I put grief on hold because I had to so I think everyone thought well she's dealt with this remarkably well she's absolutely fine then all of a sudden at 15 I was like oh shit my mum is actually dead forever what am I going to do about that then so n no to the to the question did I grieve before and straight away after not really I just coped I think there's a difference between grieving and coping in terms of counselling, I've read that you've recently revisited counselling. Oh, I go all the time. Every time, well, every time a big life trauma happens, 
I go for counselling because for me, talking it out really, really helps. I, I think it's a fantastic resource if you can take it up. I know there's lots of other things that people can do as well, um, but that's the one that like floats my boat. So uh, yeah, after um, our lives dramatically changed and sort of all the horrible stuff happened, there was counselling. Um, I went through a divorce five years ago, had some counselling for that. Um, recently this year, when I started thinking about like quite a lot of the horrible things that happened after mum died, went for some more counselling for that. I just I love counselling. I think it's great. I turned 40 last December and I decided to revisit counselling. And I had an hour session with somebody via Skype and it was really good. And I came out thinking, wow. Firstly, it was great to unload all of these emotions and feelings. But also, you realise how far you've come and where you are now. Uh, So it's only over the last few years that I've opened up about what happened to my dad and my own grief experience. But it's such a cathartic experience, isn't it? the counselling process yes oh god I love it it's, it's such a luxurious experience although it's like deeply upsetting sometimes it's yeah my favourite thing to do um, it's, it's a bit like clearing out your wardrobe but for your mind um, and you know as the years go by you accumulate more and more bits in that wardrobe and then you shove things at the bottom and push things to the back and some things you keep neat and some things you just ignore and then going to counselling is like having a big declutter so um, I think it's a really lovely thing to do I have got to the point now where I'm thinking about mum where I don't really want to discuss it anymore in kind of that environment because I feel like I've said I I mean for the moment and I'll I might change my mind in the future but for now I feel like I've said everything I've got to say on it Mm. and sometimes with grief particularly I think you get to a point where what more can you do? It's one of the few things in life that you can't change. You know, like if you've had a messy divorce and you think, well, you know, I can amend that relationship with that person. Or, uh, I don't know, if you've got a fear of something, you can face that fear. But grief, you're feeling negative and sad and angry because someone's died, but you can't undead them, you know? It's always there, isn't it? It's always there. So sometimes... I feel like I'm just smashing myself against a brick wall because I think I can talk about this, I can greet, I can cry, I can say all the nice things, I can look at photos, I can tell everyone about how amazing she was, but she'll still be the same place she was before I started talking about this. She'll still be dead. So it just doesn't go away, does it? It sounds flows and flows yeah, it sounds like a very negative way to look at it, but sometimes I think it's positive to allow yourself to say Yes, I am sad, but I don't have to feel actively sad all the time. I can allow myself to be sad, but I don't have to carry this all the time. I just refuse to carry this around with me anymore because for so long I have, and it doesn't change anything. And also, because it's mum, and I know that she loved me as, as, as your dad loved you, I think if I could go and have one conversation, I could say to them, do you want me to be desperately sad about this they would say of course not if some if I had one if I had that conversation with my girls I'd be like I want you to live the best life you possibly can I don't want you to carry this around I just want you to get on I want you to smile and feel joy in your heart so that's what I choose to do because there's no point for me at the moment feeling any other way I mean that leads very nicely into what I wanted to ask you because you're clearly a very successful person in what you do and I've spoken to all of my inspirational guests on the podcast and what I've found is that there is a resilience in the bereaved and that's why I wanted to call the podcast Grief is My Superpower because there is something that burns 
inside the bereaved to continue and strive and succeed. Do you find that within yourself? Yes, very much so. Um, There's a few layers to that. The first one is nothing will ever be as bad as watching mum die. Like if I have a bad week at work or I lose a really great client or a troll sends me a nasty message, I think you, you... you can't know how the depth of pain I have felt. So what you're doing to me now or what's happening to me is not going to be as bad as that. Like your pain threshold is deep, which in one way is very sad because it, you, you wouldn't wish that kind of pain on anyone. But also I think mm, this doesn't, this in relation to everything doesn't bother me. And also I often think I've got to do this for mum because she would really want me to live my best life. Like she would love all the things I'm doing now. So I'm going to carry on. And then thirdly, I think when you become an adult after childhood bereavement, you look at it from the other side and you look at your children and you think, I'm going to carry on because I I want to secure this for my children. So I'm really quite fastidious about having nest eggs for my children. I've got a will. Everyone knows what happens if I die because I have that in my head all the time. What if? What if I go? What will happen to them? Because I don't want them to feel how I've felt. I now have some questions from the children at Children's Bereavement Charity, Winston's Wish. And they would love for you to answer if possible. So my first question is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad? That is a very good question. Well, I am a big lover of lists. So I like to make lists of my life wins. And they can be big things like... I bought my own house or there could be tiny things like I'm wearing a top that I really like today so I make lists and I not just in my head I write them down or on my phone and once I've written that list it's forced me to think about lots of lots of happy things and I can look back at that list and think look at all the happy things I've got in my life and that cheers me up. Okay the next question is what piece of music reminds you of your mum? Is there a piece of music that you can remember? Oh that's a very good question. Um sadly there isn't a piece of music that reminds me of my mum because I was very little when she died um but she did like things like the it's a small world ride at Disneyland so if ever I go on that I think of her and I suppose that's musical um but there isn't a song that I think of particularly is there a piece of music that you like when you're in a certain headspace yes well I'm not very cool with music at all uh so I either like the Moana soundtrack because I tell everyone I'm playing it for my children, but deep down I'm playing it for me, yeah. Also, I don't think you can go wrong with a bit of Destiny's Child. Survivor is a very feel-good song. There'll be lots of people listening to this podcast that are like, who, what? (laughs) And the next question is, how do you think your grief has shaped you? I think that my grief has shaped me positively, actually, without sounding really arrogant and kind of tooting my own horn it's made me much more compassionate to people because I think you uh you never know what someone's going through and also it's made me a lot more upfront with my love for people because I always think what if what if I don't get to say this again so I take every opportunity I can with people to tell them I love them and what I think of them because you sadly you never know when you might not be able to say that again And the final question is, what do you do to remember your mum on her birthday and important days across the year? 
well that's a lovely question we as i mentioned we always have a happy day so we try and go for a family day out my boyfriend will often take the day off work so we can make sure that we are prioritizing that day um we have lots of pictures of her my dad will send me a little message saying thinking of mum today which is nice um so we do think of her a lot one last question which i do like to end on with all of my guests and i guess we've already touched on it a little But if you had one last conversation with your mum, what do you think you would like to say to her? I don't know. I I think I would... No, I don't want to... I think you're going to make me cry. (laughs) I think I would just say what a fantastic woman that she was. Wow, sorry about that. I didn't want to end in tears, but it's more sort of happy tears for how what a special lady she was. That's such a nice thing to think of, to think what would I say to her, what a lovely... What a lovely gift that would be. I saw a meme on Facebook where someone said, like it was long lines of wouldn't it be amazing if there were visiting hours in heaven. I thought that was a nice, that was quite nice. Yeah, that would be good. But Louise, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on the podcast, sharing your story with my listeners. I always say that grief is individual. We deal with it in our own way. And I just, I'm really appreciative for you coming on today and sharing your story with everybody. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks.